This is the AI-assisted organization podcast hosted by myself, Piers Linney, and my co-host and co-founder of Implement AI, Dr. Alok Shukla. Alok, so you're in Madrid. Hi, Piers. I am. I like Madrid. Very nice. Well, you go, you're driving what, Portugal into France. Exactly, yeah. So we stopped off in Madrid on the way to France and, um, yeah, spending a couple of days here. So if you've ever been to Madrid, it's really nice and um, one of my favourite cities. Briefly. <laughs> Well, I'm driving from London to Lancashire, which is it's not quite as a picturesque, quite a red trip, but that's, my, that's what I'm doing this week. So we're going to be taking a few weeks off. It's going to be the last one we're doing until January in terms of the podcast. So the theme, we're going to do AI for business, got some updates, which is really, we're quite interested in the end of the year. It's, you know, it's, it's, things are still progressing. And our theme is going to be, we're going to give our, some predictions for 2024, which I'm related into business as well, as, as opposed to just, uh, but there are some in there which are more sort of general sort of AI predictions. So I think 2024 is going to be a massive year. So that's going to be our theme today. And of course, we'll cover some of our usual implement AI updates. Yeah. So let's get into the news. So I was going to say it's December, so there is no news, but you, know, but you can't even joke about that. Um, yeah, there's always news, isn't there? So there's a whole thing, which I'm not going to dwell on too much. There's a whole thing about, there's a, there is. is there going to be, is there been, has there been a GPT-4 leak? Is it already um, out there? Uh, is, is the model being used? So people were kind of breaking into the system prompt and asking, you know, what model are you using? They're saying 4.5. But apparently it's some kind of hallucination. They're not using 4.5. I think Sam Altman sort of poured cold water on that. But apparently though, GPT-4, which is one of the reasons why this kind of um, appeared, this sort of conspiracy theory is that GPT-4 apparently is performing better than it was. So whether they purchase more GPUs or change the system prompts, we don't know. But that, that's good news for all of us. And also, if if you want to use um, ChatGPT Plus, it's now available again. Um, it, it was kind of locked down because after the, the dev day, there was so much demand for it that um, they couldn't handle it. So I think that again, bought some more GPUs, been around to Nvidia Jensen. and another chat with Jensen. Jensen. Yeah, yep. been, been around to see Jensen, <laughs> coffee and some GPUs, and, uh, and off they go again. So. If you're not using, I keep saying this way, if you're not using, you can use other ones. We talked about it last week. They don't worry, all the different LMs. But if you're not using GPT Plus yourself, then you, then you should be. It's going to be the best $20 a month you're probably going to spend every month for the, for the foreseeable future. Um, Honestly, it, it's the most underpriced thing ever. Yeah, and no, it is. So moving on, Claude. So Claude is another large language model. We use quite a lot. One of the big context windows, quite good at dealing with long documents and producing long documents as well. So they've now integrated Claude into Google Sheets, which is quite interesting on a couple of levels. One is the fact that they've actually managed to do that. So you're now seeing the, these language models are appearing in productivity suites, they're appearing in different um, applications as well. So this allows, they call it the seamless integration between Claude and Google Sheets. I haven't actually used this, so I can't uh, tell you what, what it's like, how it works. It allows you to do executed interactions using generative AI in cells. Now, I'm trying to picture a use case for that. Yeah, so any text any box can make intelligent. Any text box is going to have an element. Well, well, formulas, formulas, right? Like, so if you want to like try and figure out like how to do this or how to do that, you can just say, I want to do this between this and this. They, they, they had this with GPT, with Excel, for example, like trying to learn all those Excel formulas. I remember like last year, I was trying to like, I had a couple of people on my team who were really good at like um, Excel. And so if I needed stuff, I'd just give it to them because honestly, like trying to Google it and find the stuff is not a good exercise. And you start seeing old, um, you know, web pages with out of date versions of Microsoft. Now you can just kind of say, I want to do this with this and it will be able to do that. Like GPT can do that. And now if Claude can do that within there, 100%, you know, 
And this just unlocks the spreadsheet power for everyone, basically. Yeah, it's quite interesting. I guess things like, um, you're seeing things like Airtable as well. You'll probably see this going to turn up there pretty soon. You're going to see in Excel anyway. Anything. There's Copilot, Any textbooks. Microsoft, when we actually get our hands on it. It also runs across all of the suites, all the applications. So that's quite interesting one. You're sort of seeing that um, other companies, other application um, developers embedding this technology in the actual products. I mean, just look at it. You download a sheet and you say, like, please remove the duplicates. Please highlight all the ones which have the value more than this. Please do, like, you could literally, it's like talking to having someone next to you who knows how to use it, basically, right? Like, uh, that unlocks a lot of power for people. Yeah, you're right. It's the old talking to technology, which is where the world's going finally, thank goodness. Coming in the predictions. Oh, yeah, yeah that's true, actually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so moving on, Gemini Pro. So this is, we mentioned it last week, you know, um, Google have launched Gemini Nano Pro. And Ultra is coming next year. It's now available via the API. And that's quite interesting. It's got quite a small context window. So again, I think Google kind of got this out of the uh, ship this as quickly as they could. It's not quite ready for the sort of, uh, the sort of mainstream yet. It's now available by API. So we tend to use models when we're working with our clients using the API. We're not sitting in a chat box asking it questions. So it's quite important um, development. But it's one you expect, isn't it? What's interesting, Alok, it's got, it supports 38 languages. What's even more interesting is, have you seen the pricing? Yeah. Up to 60 calls a minute for free. Yeah, that is... Um, Google are going all in on their cash reserves, basically. There's yeah, it's quite interesting. I can deliver stuff for free from my own infrastructure for longer than you can be funded. That's a very big advantage. When you think about like, how many developers there are in different countries, and being able to offer up to 60 API calls a minute for free. That's a very aggressive posture. I mean, basically, commercial la- language. Yeah, because it adds up, doesn't it? It was quite funny. Like, uh, like I was looking at the price of some of the stuff. And, like, you know, if you think about, like, how much it costs, like, per hour of, like, calling or whatever like this. But if you're offering it for free up to 60 a minute, you know, you, there's so many new programs that will come. Yeah, and also you can use this in um, Google Studio for um, developers. So it's more for developers, really. But so Gemini is going to be interesting. It's definitely a player now. And I think when we see Ultra next year, which I think is going to be, we don't know exactly, but some, sometime in Q1, then, you know, it is going to be a real competitor against OpenAI and, and Anthropic. They will release it when they're sure that it can definitely be GPT-4. Right now they sent some, they put some papers out saying that like, oh, it's better, but no one's had the chance to externally validate that yet. So I think they're still beefing up the system. Yeah, it should be one of our predictions actually about, I'm going to add it in actually, one of our predictions about the size of context windows. So I think when they do launch Ultra, it'll be 300,000. No, a bigger context window. (laughs) Yeah. Will we get to a million? Although that is a lot of, that's a lot of context. I mean, that's, that's like, you're talking about the whole Harry Potter series there, which I'm not sure a lot of people are actually going to be able to use. Anyway, so Gemini Pro, you can now use the API. Now, there's, I'm not going to go through them all. There's various model launches. You've got Stability AI launches 3D image generation from 2D images, which is really interesting, actually, having a play with it. So you, you take a, a 2D picture, different angles, you upload it, and then it, it basically fills it in, the blanks. And creates a, a 3D image, which is quite useful for um, lots of companies. So you're going to see this merge, aren't you, of sort of artificial intelligence, you know, quantum computer down the line, and the metaverse. So you're going to be able to scan stuff and then we'll t- just take photos of stuff for, for yourself, actually, and just upload it into um, this sort of a, a 3D, a metaverse, a 3D world. So that's quite interesting. Google have launched um, Google Music FX. There's quite a few of these. I, I was playing with, um, is it Suno.ai in the Copilot? It's in Bing. We can also go to the website this morning. I was making sh- sh- stupid little songs and sent it to my daughter about them. So again, if you 
the interesting thing there is personalization, I think, is that you can now create content. So we will say that you're moving from personalization. So you've got, you know, a customer profile, you've got five different emails you can send them or five different interactions based on the profile you send a different one you're moving from personalization to hyper personalization where if you've got you know 2000 customers you're going to send 2000 different pieces of the content could be 2000 interactions that are tailored so whether it's written whether it's music or video 3d um, songs whatever you can send them a christmas jingle now about them with their name in it and their business which is you know it's not going to change the world but those interactions matter yeah there's, there's, there's two bits like so one from the music AI there was like a very funny one I think I sent it to you where they crossed like have a holly jolly Christmas with Lil Get Low by Lil John basically and that was quite crazy basically because it's taking the hip hop lyrics and sung in the sound of like a holly jolly Christmas but coming to your point about hyper-personalization I heard somewhere on a, on a podcast someone was talking about like next year in the US election there will be AIs potentially that will be watching all of the transcripts of somebody and then potentially providing one message, one targeted message at the right time to like potentially shift the kind of perception. So it's going to be a challenging thing next year when, when hyperpersonalization is applied in that way, basically. You know, so. I think on the predictions, we'll talk about um, models on devices. So Microsoft also launched Five Two. I don't know where all these names come from. I can't keep up with them. So this is about 2.7 <laughs> billion parameters. So this is, this is in terms of large language models, quite a small one. And the idea there is you're going to compete with um, these sort of models that can work on phones or edge devices. So, for example, um, Google Nano, Google Gemini Nano, or Watches. watches. God, there's so many predictions you can have for next year, isn't there? I don't think Watches made it in there either. So, endless model launches. And, and these proprietary ones, you're seeing things that are meta as well. And they've all got slightly different use cases. So I don't know what you think, Alaka, whether you're going to have this sort of proliferation of models or whether eventually, as you start moving towards kind of AGI, you have one model that can do everything or, and this is the big question is that you're going to have lots of specialized models or very powerful general models. I think there's going to be both. I think that like the AGI, the path towards AGI is going to become like a kind of like a swarm or like a, you know, federation of agents that can do different things. Ian Lacuna was talking about that basically, like how different ones passing together and working together will be able to like kind of do that. And then I think that with the very powerful models, like for example, GPT-4, like that can actually do quite well in medical diagnoses and yeah, caveat, obviously, all that kind of stuff. But and with, with the right prompting. But I'm trying to say like there's some very powerful general models will, will play, play a role. But the thing is like bridges, washing machines, Everything is going to be able to like have, you know, all that exciting, all that exciting technique. You're going to have the most intelligent dishwasher. Yeah, exactly. I know. I don't want my dishwasher answering exactly. back. Everything, right? I mean, I'd be washing machine. Imagine it tells you, like, you know, you like, you know, what's going on, how much, you know, food residue there is, or this or that. Like, I mean, there's so much stuff. We can imagine you can be able to hold up garments if onto your washing machine. Yeah. So, how do I wash that? Can I put this in with this? And I'll go, yeah, you can. Correct. I mean, that's going to come, isn't it, right? Like all that stuff, you know. So just on that then, so on while you, while you mentioned AGI, Sam Altman, he's the CEO of OpenAI, makes ChatGPT. He used some events and made a comment. I'm going to read it. Actually, it's quite interesting. I think AGI will be the most powerful technology humanity has yet invented, particularly in terms of democratizing access to information globally. If you think about the cost of intelligence and the quality of intelligence and the cost falling and the quality increasing by a lot, more people can do with that, he said. It's a very different world. It's a world that sci-fi has promised us for a long time. Now, I was watching the, uh, that podcast with Lex Fridman and uh, Jeff Bezos, which is quite two hours long, but it's question where yeah and jeff bezos made the point he said that large language models are not really an invention they're more discovery and what he means by that is that you know they built these things they don't actually know it's like a machine where you pull a lever 
and something happens, he just sits like a plane. Yeah, well, like a plane. plane. Yeah, exactly. That you haven't planned for it. Plane can't do anything that you haven't designed it for, right? It's not going to suddenly. Yeah, there's no surprises. <laughs> he said that. You don't have any surprises on a on an airplane. Yeah. So he was saying that, that these things are but LLMs that we, we still have. Yeah, they've got what do you call it? They've got emergent capabilities. There's doing things that don't quite know how they're doing it. So I thought that was really interesting. Is that if if they're a discovery and we're still discovering the power of them. Again, we always say that. That's the right way. Yeah, we always say that's that even right. if you stop today. Yeah, that's the right way to. It changed the world because we still don't fully understand the power of these things. You know, I'll just give you an, an example. I was on the weekend, I was writing down a list of, like, you know, Charlie Munger died, right? Like Warren Buffett's like business partner, very wise man and, and very good book. And he talked about lots of different things where, for example, to solve any problem you invert. So you look at like, okay, rather than how can I grow my business? You say, how would I destroy my business? And then you say, okay, I would not look after customers. I would you know, not reach out to people. I would never do what I said I would do and all that kind of stuff. I was listing down to myself. I was, just, I was trying to like think about different patterns or habits or behaviors and stuff like this that kind of like hold me back in some way. And then what I did was I made a list of 10 and then I put it into ChatGPT4 and I started talking with it and it started giving me these are the underlying behaviours, these are the underlying things. And then I could have a, an impartial, non-emotional conversation. It was very insightful because then I was able to then get the opposite from it. So what I'm trying to say is like the power of these technologies, like being able to like work with it and even discover edge cases and new ways to work with it for your own personal development, for your own business, for different things. We haven't even discovered or scratched our surface of what's possible yet, basically, because, you know, I could totally see an extension of that where it could be tracking what I'm doing on a daily basis and it could call me up on where I'm like violating or doing stuff. So, I'm, you know, there's a lot of stuff that's going to happen now we're going to discover. Yeah, I think we're actually, gonna, we're actually creating a training course, aren't we? Which, uh, we've just done it, just completed that thing, which is for training people to use personal AIs, especially our business leaders like we did. Um, so another one, which is another interesting development. So Stability AI have now launched what they call a membership. So just like ChatGPT, you can now pay, it's again, $20, fully enough. $20 to use, a, it's for commercial, what they call professional usage. And this gives you access to, you know, there's sort of range of um, land models. And it's, it's basically like an enterprise version like ChatGPT. So you, you're now seeing that, you know, if you, if you purchase, you know, Claude, which is, um, Chat GPT and also stability, the anthropic, open AI and uh, stability AI, probably spending what sixty dollars a month, which it starts to add up. But then you've kind of got whatever thing you need then. And you've got Google got Google for free really for the moment. So think about those four Netflix businesses Disney. offering the capability there um is is bonkers for not a huge amount of money. It could change the way you operate personally and change the way you operate your business as well. Another interesting about it, moving on is that OpenAI have done a deal with Axel Springer. You may have never heard of Axel Springer, but it's a quite a large media company. It owns uh, various um, media publications around the world. And I think it half it, it looks like to me they're trying to avoid a lawsuit. So they have things like Business Insider, you know, quite quite well-known publications. And rather than go to court, they've kind of done a deal where that when you now use um, OpenAI or ChatGPT, it's, it's, it's going to reach out into their kind of um, news and, and find more relevant and topical information and bring it back. The interesting thing there is, one, is if you've only got one outlet, it's going to be biased. There's always bias in any media. So I don't know how they're going to work around that one. But again, like I always say that it's like, the record labels and Spotify, right? How they work out their economics, is, we don't care. I think the end user is going to benefit from the power of these things. It's up for those organizations to work it out. This is the opening of a very interesting door. So you think about like Apple, right? Like when they made like iTunes, they, they, they took the album and they fragmented it into songs basically, isn't it? Right. So you just buy a song for a pound basically, right? Like, uh, and then the whole point there was like, people might just want to buy particular songs 
three from here, three from there, whatever like this. This is one publisher. Imagine Kindle. Imagine that they start saying, okay, you want to learn about productivity, but that's from these 10 authors, these 10 books, our AI model is going to give you the best chapters from each of those books in the way that you want it in a different way. So we're going to move to, I think like these, these LLMs are going to cannibalize so many types of media and, and almost repurpose them because why do you want to like read you know, hunt through Business Insider when it can actually like give you all the productivity things from, you know, HBR, this, that. I think we're going to see a very interesting ways. Well, this is the weird thing, isn't it? So we, we've talked about the the internet going away, right? Having these places you have to go and visit in cyberspace so, and, you know, and Google, Google used to help you find them. But what these, uh, what these outlets want to do, obviously, is have a paywall and lock down their content, which is you know, fair enough. But that then doesn't really work when you're trying to access and search the internet using a large language model, it works for search because you find it, you read half an article and they sort of, you know, it fades out, they lock it off and maybe you'll subscribe. So it's going to be interesting to see and this is kind of the first step towards it, as you say. But again, this is just business business insider. I think also a Politico uh, and some in, some in Europe as well. So do I want to hear just business-related news from one outlet with its own bias? That's a bit I don't fully understand. We're going to have to work out a way where these large language models can access this information and like just like the record labels, they can share the spoils in terms of their subscriptions. Um, another interesting one, if you're in business, is something that we've talked about on the pod before is, and also we do in a lot of our training and our sort of our, our consulting is talent. So talent acquisition, why is someone going to come and work for you if you're not augmented with artificial intelligence? But also you have to start and trade. Yeah, you're going to start approaching talent in a different way. Somebody needs to have a degree, you know, they need to spend years you now at school or college or university learning things by rote. If you've got intelligence and they and access to, you know, all of mankind, all humankind's um, information, how do you start to analyze what kind of people you want working on business? You can start to focus much more on on them as opposed to what school, college or degree they've got. And this came out of a, an article which is basically sort of commented on some comments by a VP at LinkedIn saying that the shelf life of a college degree is shrinking dramatically. It's completely obsolete. Like I remember like a long time ago, I think it was like in 20, 20 2008, I started doing an MBA basically because I thought like when I was, I was trying to like set up my first business, I was looking for a premises. I started doing an MBA and I went and I started looking at like the, the, the content and stuff like that at that point. And honestly, it was like nothing to do with the internet, nothing to do with like, you know, technology. And that's kind of where I wanted to kind of focus. And I was thinking, am I really going to spend X thousand pounds like on completing this? So me and my friend, we were doing it. We just stopped it after like one, one semester because it was just not in the direction we want to see things. I can see it now. Like if you're going to study, study and learn, you know, a degree in business or this, and it has, and if it has no link to technology, data, AI, how things are going to work, you know, even like you know, outsourcing, remote work, remote teams, it's irrelevant. And and actually, I would argue that you're actually de-skilling the years that you're learning something which is not relevant for the modern world is actually a de-skilling. So you know, because you've lost the opportunity to actually learn, practice, and 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 almost perfect, you know working in the new world and we see ourselves from working with the technology the more we work with it the more things we uncover the more things we see honestly i think it's going to be like a sharp a sharp shock because how can you justify some of these degree qualifications when you think about like what the outputs can be from some of the courses that we we teach you know like the skills and the productivity you can gain from stuff that we can teach and the fraction of the cost of that is compared to like what you might learn from like a year three year degree i mean i did a thing a summer school, a summer school and I did gave one hour presentation to this private school earlier in the year with George, and um, 
the, t- the students said they learned more in one hour than they learned in like almost like a whole week or month of school, basically. So, I mean, degrees, they need to change. If we do our workshops or some of our training courses, by the end of it, people's, their minds are literally blown in terms of not just what they've learned and the insights they've had, but you can also start to see, well, but the possibilities, but how can I, I can see, I can actually see right now how I can implement this in my business or in my personal life and make a difference. So I think we're not going to see that in 2024, it's not a prediction, but I think going out over five years, you have to start looking at talent differently and, and augmenting it. Did you see the debacle about those colleges in the States, about Harvard and all those guys, basically? Like, um, they basically, they were testifying and they were pushing some kind of political agenda. But the bottom line is applications to Harvard have like started dropping because they can see that like some of these institutions is, and I've got no judgment on this, but like it's not just about education. It's also about pushing a particular point of view, which may or may not reflect your worldview. So I think that these kind of organizations are going to basically, you know, the badges of importance are going to drop. It's going to be about what can you do and what can you deliver, basically. You know? So then we go to pure meritocracy. But you want education to be democratised. Yeah, exactly that. Because um, yeah. and uh, I've, I've been through the mill. I, I went from you know, my comprehensive school to the city in London, which is Wall Street in America. And you see the blockers along the way for many people just won't get over them. So now if you can democratise access to training or education, two different things, it's going, to, it's going to change the world again. Anyone now, and you're going to see you know, these small models, no matter where you are, even if you're connected to the internet, anyone now could have you know, super intelligence, not quite super, but intelligence and access to huge amounts of information. Well, it's not super yet, but when it is super intelligent. When it is. Well, I suppose it depends what you're comparing it to, I suppose. Yeah. I would argue is it. Yeah, I don't get that. People always say about I AI, it. It say, oh, it's, like, it's as clever as like a young child. I'm like, well, what young child absorbed the internet and could do three things at once, yeah. The thing is, like, they conflate, like, the different kind of definitions of intelligence and different bits and, like, the ability to, like, learn and, and the neural network that's running. But, I mean, the bottom line is we can all see that, like, how, how things are going. You know, if you can access the internet now, you have tremendous power. Yeah. Let's move on. Uh, that's the news. We'll leave it there. So, again, implement AI. So, we're going to take a break until January now. So, it gives you lots of time to go and read our white papers, our AI-assisted organization white paper. That's our framework. Got also one on the AI agent. So that's about augmenting the workforce. So how do you create an augmented workforce to absolutely superpower them as well? Sign up for our AI Insider newsletter and have a look at our um, training courses. This is um, growing rapidly. We're kind of delivering lots of training now. Any individual, so we have, if you're a business leader, we've got a course to help you use personal AIs. Anyone organization, we do for te- groups of 10 people. It's interactive with a trainer. It's not just sitting there watching a video. You actually learn and interact with them. The training is actually really important and usually the first step. And next year, we're also um, going to be rolling out more of AI Activate, which is our 60-day sprint. And we've also now uh, just recruited our first um, sales development representative. Yeah, exactly. So we're growing now. We're probably going to see the team grow quite a lot during 2024 as well. One thing for the training for next year, like so just if people don't, um, are aware that the, the government have this office for AI and they've got some recommendations on like what skills need to, that need to be for training. And uh, we're pleased to say that like we're, we're organizing um, packages of our course to actually exceed what they're looking for. You know, so if you're trying to like upskill your, you know, your, your team for next year, definitely you need to like getting your team on board 100%. Yeah, it's quite a low bar, isn't it, in terms of what the government recommends. So we're kind of we're kind of doing that and then a lot more. And also everything we do, it tends to relate more to business, doesn't it? It's not just about learning about, you know, AI, AI safety. So that's something we are, we are also working on. 
So let's move on to our themes, right? Like, we've got 10, I think, haven't we? So you do one, I'll do one, basically. Like, so you do yours, then we can alternate ours, basically, right? So I think one kind of high-level generic one, I think, is that generative AI, it's not going to suffer from this. People talk about it all the time, this trough of disillusionment. You have these hype cycles where everyone gets excited, and then it all kind of tapers off and people yeah. lose interest, right? Crypto is a good example of that. I've had several of them. And Metaverse is a great example of that, although that will come back eventually. And I think what you're not going to see in 2024 is a trough of disillusionment. You're going to see people, you're going to see AI start to go mainstream. And it's going to be one of those things where I think you're already seeing this, where it's starting to pervade and permeate almost everything you do. And, it, and it's going to be a point where you don't even know it's doing it. You'd be holding up your washing in front of your washing machine and chatting to it about how you should how you should treat this garment without even thinking about it. Your fridge will be telling you what you need to um, make a particular dish and it'll order it for you. So that's not going to happen next year, but AI is going to pervade and permeate everything we do and all technology. So 2024, yeah. you're going to still see a huge amount of news Billions of pounds going into it. You may see it, um, you know, you're going to see Gemini Ultra. Maybe we see GPT-5 next year. Who knows? But you're not going to see the trough of disillusion. That prediction number one. Okay, I'll say my first prediction. Voice is going to be everywhere. The voice interface is going to be everywhere. I mean, I remember seeing like this thing. Who was it? Like, I gave a computer to someone and then they were, it was a kid, young, someone young. And they started like touching on the screen, basically, and, and they were realizing that it wasn't a touch screen, but they were like, this is rubbish, basically, right? Because it's not a touch screen. In the same way, <laughs> it's, it's like, if you don't have a voice interface, you can't just talk to the thing and make it do what you want. It's going to seem broken. And next year, we're going to see websites where you just talk to it and say what you want and about, about you. It's going to be like any kind of interface everywhere. So voice is going to be huge. We've got some very exciting developments that we're working in our own voice lab and for businesses to be able to um, do that. But voice is going to explode. Alexa everywhere, but not just Alexa in, in anything, basically. You know, voice assistance is going to be enormous. Our next one then. So personal AI adoption, okay? So we use this all the time. We talk to ChatGPT. There's not, there's not much we do without in some way having all these large language models involved in the conversation or the process. And I think that, you know, you use an individual listening to this, you can superpower, upskill, you know, improve your chances in business or in your career, whatever it is you do using these technologies. So I think what you're going to things like Pi, the developing personal AIs, um, you know, there's lots of large language models we talked about last week on the pod. So personal AI adoption is going to take off next year as people start to understand the power of this technology. I agree. Mine pairs very well with that. Local AI on mobile devices. So in order to make it even more adopted, like I use like an app called Things, for example, and it's got like a an app on my phone and on my watch. And if I'm walking out and about and I've got an idea, I can just add an idea to, by just talking about it on my watch and it just gets added in there. But when you've got local LMs, it could actually expand on that and say, did you mean this? Or what about this? Or how would you thought about this, basically? And imagine being able to like, have that conversation, refine your idea almost, you know, in a much better way and very quickly on, a, on an edge device or a mobile device. So, you know, you know, pendants, pins, watches, anything that we got small LMs working on, on different models. It unlocks all sorts of opportunities, you know, from cameras, ring doorbells, from everything, basically, you know. So I think local AI is going to be huge. Uh, so one which I think we can't ignore the potential negative downsides, not from AI itself or from people using it and bad actors. So I think next year we're going to see, I don't know what the scale of it will be, but we're going to see one or two quite large cybersecurity breaches or threat using artificial intelligence. Yeah. It might be some of these one organization attacking a government or a well-known organization. I think you're going to start to see that, um, that arms race kicking. 
you can see much more targeted spear phishing, basically where, you know, the AI has read the emails of someone and then it can send like a really targeted, you know, it appears to be personal email to try to get like, you know, transfer or something like this. Like I've already seen a few like where, you know, a particular provider is trying to say that, oh, your card has expired. And I looked at it, it's like, that's a phishing thing. So th those things will go up next year. But then the defense will be AIs as well, isn't it? Right. You know, so that, that will be. Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be an arms race. But, um, and it's for those organizations that, you know, produce cybersecurity. A mindful Con big one. Controversial uh, topic. The same company does both. <laughs> the offense. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that, that arms race, we haven't really seen a lot of it yet, but it's going to start um, affecting all of us. Yeah. Okay. My prediction. I mean, it's linking onto mobile devices, but like the AI is going to come for all the operating systems. I mean, it's already in Windows Copilot, but on the Mac, on the iPad, on the iPhone, you know, Siri is going to get a lot smarter. You know, you're going to have it like built into your desktop where you can just ask questions to your computer about what you want to do. You could even say, look, I want to study and work hard for the next you know, three hours. Please restrict internet access. Please ensure this. Please only allow me to open these websites. The very interesting things will start coming in, basically. And even imagine if there's the persistent personal AI on your computer that knows your goals for the month and knows what you're trying to do and literally works for you to help you. So I think that's going to be huge. I think next year you're going to start seeing, we don't quite know how it's going to be measured. So you might see it in um, public companies, which may be sort of slower to adopt AI, but also probably feel it in your own sectors. But businesses that are using AI, so AI-assisted organizations are going to start out for, and that's going to be across the board. So we're saying it's not about just, you know, getting rid of costs and people. It's about being able to grow your business without adding costs. So this is an inevitable outcome of artificial intelligence. And the I can see another prediction there, so I won't, I won't spoil your thunder. But um businesses using AI will outperform or start to outperform. I agree. Mine was like basically the first AI winners will start to emerge in non-tech sectors. I think that the biggest opportunities are in the non-tech businesses when they can start having the AI operating system within there. We've already, you know, like um, seen the so many industries in, you know, construction and retail in different areas like this, where you start to like bring intelligence to that whole system. There's so many new opportunities. So we'll start to see, you know, like just like Ikea were turning, you know, their, their remote sales team into like interior designers. And you're talking about like how you can take photos and stitch into 3D. We're going to see some really cool, you know, use cases. Airbnb are talking about like how they can have like a personal travel agent, you know, for example, built into their site where the AI knows your travel goals and where you like to go and all that kind of stuff. So we're going to start to see some really interesting applications next year. And, and, I, and I predict the non-tech sectors will have some of the most exciting ones, basically. Yeah, a lot of AI news you talk about is company using AI or AI software as a service companies offering a service you don't hear much about um like you say organizations from all sectors how they're actually using it something we're focused on and it, again going back to our white papers or ai agent white paper next year i think you're going to start to see organizations you've seen this in the us in some cases more than other places some organizations now are going to permanently appoint ai agents to their teams so they'll be augmenting yeah. their human resource they'll be humans in a loop still you're not going to sort of full autonomy quite yet. I'm not quite there yet. We're going to see AI agents joining your team from 2024. And and this will be simpler than you think. It will be basically an agent will be on Slack and you will message them just like anything else and they will do that task. Or they could be on WhatsApp or Signal. So the thing is like role-specific AIs are totally going to join the organization in the agent form. And, you know, it'll be no different than in interacting with a remote team member on Slack. And that's where the magic is going to start to be unlocked. 
again, it's that microwave oven. No one really knows how microwaves work, but it is, you know, it makes nice jacket potato. So you're going to start to see artificial intelligence appear. You'll start to use it. You'll start to interface with it, talk to it, engage, communicate, collaborate, learn from it without actually in many ways realizing it's artificial intelligence. You'll know it is, but it's going to feel so sort of human. You won't have that barrier. So that, that's, that's, that's going to start next year. Well, we're definitely deploying AI agents yeah. with our clients from next year. And um, hopefully we'll see more of that. And the last one for me is because of my background at m and I can't help myself, is, is that if they've got a lot of these companies and they've got the same kind of technology, I suppose, underlying technology, need the same kind of talent, um, they all need to raise a lot of money. So are you going to start seeing LLM, M&A? Or these tech companies start, you're not going to see Microsoft merge with Amazon or Microsoft yeah. and Google, clearly that kind of level. But at the next to the level down, these companies are worth, you know, multiple billions, which is small change for a lot of large companies. Are you going to see them acquired? A good example would be, would Microsoft acquire OpenAI, for example? Yeah, um, a place of the or something. M&A. Yeah, exactly. Because it, it just, it, it makes sense. I think as, as, as funding starts to dry out, because the thing is, one thing I've noticed is, all these companies have been very aggressive in like offering free credits or offering a subsidized start, you know, and they're all basically trying to burn cash, try and get used customers. That's basically, someone's going to run out of chips first, basically, isn't it? You know, so I think that everything works much faster now. And I would have actually thought 2026, this might happen, but given how like, how fast everything is working, probably be 2025, you know. So that's it for our predictions, really. There are lots of others, but we try to keep them sort of uh, real. So hopefully in a year's time, we'll come back and see uh, from that list there, where we've got 10 wrong. there. We'll see how wrong or how right we were. So let's finish our AI of the week. Now, this is a quick one, but I've been using it again. We use it for the pod and various other people. Is Adobe Speech Enhancer, right? If you're creating um, audio content, right? I'm here now recording. I can hear a police siren outside. I'm in, I'm in London. And I want to get rid of it. Put your, or you can have quite awful actually, air conditioning units, wind. You put your audio through Adobe Speech Enhancer and it just cleans it up. It's kind of free. You don't have to pay an enormous subscription to Adobe. So it's a fantastic tool to use if you're creating, generating audio, which most people are now in terms of their content. So that's it really. That's it for this year. We've had quite a year on this podcast. So thank you for following us. Thank you for uh, coming with us on this journey. It's evolved over time. I'm going to try and, we've been struggling the last few weeks, just getting it done because we've been working with clients and moving around quite a lot. But next show, we're looking at how we sort of, um, we, we up the production really, maybe have guests. As soon as you do that, obviously, I can't just be yourself and Alec having a chat. So we're looking at what we do with the pod um, next year. Um, and again, please do get in contact with us. Please do follow the pod, subscribe on YouTube, download our white papers, sign up for AI inside a newsletter. Next year is going to be bonkers. I think 2023 was really the warm-up. We're going to get a full run at artificial intelligence during 2024. And uh, we wish you all, wherever you are and whatever you're doing, to enjoy the holidays. And uh, we'll see you again in January. We'll see you next year. This year was the trailer. Next year is the main show. Have a great one. Okay, <laughs> cheers. Bye.